0: So, Brent, we finally have you here on this That's show. Very exciting. Br- brought you all this way in to this live Zoom call.
1: Yeah, and buddy, the co-
0: question we've all been waiting for, which one are you buying right now? Netflix or Amazon Prime?
1: I mean, I'm an Amazon Prime guy. So my loyalties are with Amazon Prime because they've just like, I had 367 orders last year. Like at the end of the year, it's like, I got to order one more thing to see if I can get over three sixty five one a day. And then it's like, I ended up having extra. So I'm, I'm in love with that. And so I'm also, I'm like, I'm annoyed with Netflix. I've been annoyed with them for a while. You know, I have shows on there. You can't find them. <laughs> I produce stuff. They buy it. No one ever sees it. Like, you don't know what's on Netflix. You know, you know, like a tiny percent of the, of the main things people know about, but you can't find anything on there. It's too confusing.
0: Yeah. Is there, there's gotta be a secret formula, right? And so you haven't cracked that you're saying?
1: I mean, from a producing standpoint, it's not difficult because they'll buy a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. from a watching viewers standpoint. It's like, I just, it's overwhelming the the crap that's on there. Good and bad. I just don't, it's just too much. I'm still kind of old school where it's like, Oh, Tuesday, eight o'clock. I have something I like. I want to tune into that. You know, like actual, like looking for that channel. Right. Yeah. Like I like, I like it when there's an event. I like (laughs) that when there's a thing where it's like, it's this time, this day, this is what's on. And if I like it, I play. And if I don't like it, I'm out of it. And that's, I like, I like that world.
0: For everyone tuning so, in and you're not watching the video, you're listening to one of the podcast avenues. Thank you so much. Be sure to check out Brant Penvidic, and his website is brantpenvidic.com or 3minuterule.com. That one might be easier to type out 3minuterule.com. It'll actually redirect you back. To the main sites yeah. and um you can find out all the amazing content and the bio is below like always but yeah have you uh have you do you, do you like wish you stayed in the industry with the crazy changes that are happening or hell are you no. happy with hell no. where you're at
1: no, I'm happy where I'm at. Yeah, no, that, I, that ran its course for me. I mean, you look at entertainment and you think it's so sexy and it's all sort of like high end fun stuff. And it's like, it's not, it's a grind. It's a job. Anything you do for a living is a job. And the the higher level of performance you require is the more work you got to put in. Like being at a high level in the entertainment industry is just a lot of work. It's a lot of competition. And so it grinds on you. And I did it for almost 20 years. And I just got to the point where it's like, I wasn't being creative. I didn't know, you know, what was going to make it, what wasn't going to make it. I couldn't predict what was going to be a success anymore. You know, I'd already made some money, so it wasn't about that as much. And it's just like, you lose that. Once you lose that fire, it's gone and there's no coming back.
0: What would you have done right now? Like during the crazy time we live in with the pandemic, with the shelters in place. Yeah. um, Is there some kind of show that you would have pitched during
1: these times? I mean, I think I would have been just like in the world, like everybody else, right? Like Mm -hmm. the big pitch now is how do you film stuff from people's homes? How do you do user generated content? So I would have come up with another dozen of those pitches and would have sold a couple. And then those aren't going to work when they go on the air. And by the time they get on the work, the pandemic thing will be over. It's like, it's, it's chasing your tail. That, that, that business is chasing your tail all the time. And it's like somebody said to me the other day, It's like, yeah, there's only like 20 or 30 smart people and everybody copies them. And I'm like, no, there's no smart people. And we wait to get lucky. And then we copy those people. Whoever gets lucky, we copy, you know, that's the way the world kind of works in the entertainment. Cause you just don't know what the public wants. Like, think about that. Yeah. The smartest like highest trained entertainment executives that have been doing this for years in every single studio and every single TV network and the greatest writers of all time and the best actors you could possibly put together. All of those people combined and they get it wrong 90% of the time. So it's, that's just the way the world is, man. The, the people are easy crowds and groups of people are impossible to understand. Nobody understands what they do.
0: So how do they even survive? Like, do you, is the turnover rate super high right now? Would you say?
1: I mean, there's a lot of fear because we just don't know. The digital space is a little scary. Um, You know, the fancy people in Hollywood wouldn't know how to make a viral video if it kicked them in the face. So there's a little bit of that. And it's just like, it's hard. The only thing that separates it, and this is what people have a hard time with, is that high level premium content is not something you can duplicate. You just can't. (laughs) There's only so many writers that can write Ozark or The Sopranos or Lost, like those kind of level of shows. There's only so many people that can produce a TV show that looks and plays like Survivor. Like those things don't exist out in the world other than in Hollywood. And so that gives a real competitive advantage in those spaces. It's just a matter of how do you translate that into distribution and now that distribution is everywhere it used to be only the four networks had had a yeah. stranglehold on distribution. Now it's like, everybody's got it. So the premium size content is the only thing that separates these people. So it's hard. It's definitely a hard business.
0: And not so like you mentioned not something you would ever want to get back into. No, or no, not re- on a,
1: like, listen, I still, I still consult in the entertainment is a lot. Yeah. I'll direct a feature every year. Cause I like that directing I'll do stuff, but I just not as a core day-to-day business running a production company. I just won't do that anymore. And and my, this whole other world with the book and stuff has just opened up an entire new area of life. And I'm using all the skills that I developed in the entertainment industry to do bigger and better and more enjoyable things with people that I really enjoy outside of entertainment. It's opened my eyes to how big the world really is.
0: Do you think having that background though made the book as successful as it's been? Cause it's a lot of people just reason. jump into it.
1: It's the only reason and I would have been, I wouldn't even be able to sell the book, let alone have it be where it is. It's that I, I, I transferred the skills that I used selling TV shows in Hollywood every day for 20 years into how to take that pitching and presenting style and translate it into any business. And I'd make the joke. It's taken me 20 years to learn how to say things in three limits or less. And it's like, it is a skill and I've, come up with a way to, to make it into a learnable, Mm functionable skill that you can learn at home that you can go through the book step-by-step chapter by chapter. And it'll walk you right through how to build a pitch and presentation from scratch. And if you do that, you will have more success in your business and probably in life because you'll be able to communicate a little clearer, a little more succinct. And that is what people are desperate for right now.
0: So I've been going through your book and just got me thinking like these ideas. Uh, they, they they work like this makes total sense. Why isn't everyone doing it? Do you think could we ever get to a point where like it's too much? Everybody's coming up with too many ideas, and we kind of I don't know, could you have an over in flux, and then we're gonna have to like reset ourselves again.
1: I mean, reset like no, but but we evolve, right? We evolve what we want. It used to. Uh, here's the great example. You saw me uh, my my performance at the Pod Fest. Mm-hmm. I used to that keynote speech. I used to talk about clickbait and how clickbait is used to track, but it's like I don't even talk about that anymore. Yeah. Cause that no one was. falls for it, right? Just think about it four, three years ago, two years ago. That was the marketing technique. Cool headline, like, you know, you'd use a thumbnail. And it's like now nobody falls for that. Nope. And that's the evolution of the audience, right? And it's moving quickly, and we become desensitized and we become oversensitized. So now, we don't care about marketing. We don't buy into any of it. But we're so sensitive. If I smell you coming in with that sales pitch, with that, that greasy click funnel feel like, mm-hmm. oh, you're going to sell me your ebook, are you, for free? I just got to go through this video. At the end of the video, click here. I'll Like, are you kidding me? I'm going to show you my secrets of success. I've made it, so now I'm going to teach you. Like, what kind of crap is that? And who buys into that? And the number of people that buy into it gets smaller and smaller every day and now you got all those guys I won't name by name but you got all those people chasing the same yep. low end people and it is really hard for them because they're circling the train getting less and less people that are out there and i did that when i when i went and did the whole marketing push for the yeah. book and getting quotes from people and all this other crap that you got to do when you're taking a book out and because of my hist, you know my history in this business i have a pretty interesting rolodex i can you know get to a lot of people and and so I got a chance to go meet with pretty well everybody in the business, all the Instagram entrepreneurs that anybody listening knows. And I mean, every single one I met with, talked to, went through, talked about business, talked about what's next. And you just can't believe how few of them have an actual business. How they, like, there's nothing that supports what they do. Like they're talking and they're making content for people who can't afford to hire them. <laughs> and so they chase these people around trying to get $7.99 a month or 50, you know, 50 bucks or 100 bucks here, whatever it is. And I was like, why are you pitching me on this? Like, what, what? like, let's just stop. I get what you say to the, yeah. the public out there. I get that. But can we just talk about what the real business is? Like, why are you doing all this work? This is a lot of work to make this kind of content and to talk to people, and like to get them following you and doing all this stuff. And it's like, you don't even like, what are you selling in the set? Like, what's the business beyond that? Right. And so that was a real eye opener. It was hard to find people that have actual businesses around that. And it's because, it's getting harder to sell people stuff. No one wants to be sold. They'll buy, but they won't be sold. And it's like, I, I go through this great sort of moment here where it's like, I don't have anything to sell. You go to my website. Yeah. It's like, you can't buy anything from me. It's like, I don't, even when I say like, Hey, do you want updates? Do you want my subscribers? I don't care if you give me a real email or your name. I'm not selling you anything. Yeah. Like I just, I do it because people ask me, I don't do it as often as I, as I could. And people are like, can I get more content from you? And it's like, sort of, but like everybody who follows me knows I have a book, so I'm not preaching <laughs> to them. Everybody out there, like buy the book, don't buy the book, whatever. It's already, it's already done. It's run. It's sold lots of copies. A few extra here and there would be great, but not life changing. Yeah. I'm having the time of my life and it's just better to talk to people on that level. <laughs> to be Like, Hey, I got nothing else. You don't have to click on anything. There's no free ebook. There's none of that stuff. It's just a great position to be in.
0: Yeah, I noticed that. I guess it made your website a lot easier to go through. Yeah. Not yeah. seeing <laughs> those pitches.
1: The call to it's, action is not banging yes, you in the face.
0: It's not there. You don't get the pop-up right away. Yeah. Uh, but like, especially during these times right now with the pandemic going on, I don't know about you, but personally, like from my my, my perspective, I've been getting pitched way more, I feel like. I feel like there's way more phone calls way more like people are just extra thirsty right now um and like what do you do like uh have you found a have you found a method to kind of i guess control the madness
1: i mean i'm not really good at that so my issue has gone from i was the tv guy producer guy i got a pretty like robust reputation in the investment community to help people raise money and to help companies simplify their message. So I was getting a lot of business that way. And it was, you know, it was fine. I had a full-time job, so it wasn't difficult to say like, nope, sorry, can't go to Texas on a Tuesday. It doesn't work like that, right? So I did a lot of that. And then when the book hits, the problem is, is now I'm getting inflow and requests from companies and people, different industries at a, you know, a hundred times the pace and I'm a guy who doesn't, I don't like to say no, I need everybody to like me. I'm super insecure. I'm kind of a narcissist. Like you combine all that. It's like anybody who asks me for a favor, will you look at my pitch? It's really hard for me to say no. So I'm, I'm still trying to deal with like who I can help, who I can't. And then I went through this kind of crappy phase for a month and a half there where it was like, I was getting these huge companies you know, big brands, big checks, yeah. and then that's all you can do. So then all the, all the the love I had for entrepreneurs and the the ability to help people on a granular scale and really make a difference in their business started to go away because I couldn't, I can't work with those people. So it's like, so then I'm tra- trying to dial that a little bit back. And then I, you know, I'll do live calls with my subscriber people who mm-hmm. read the book. And and so I'll try to help them with their pitches. And I like that. I actually like going through that system, but I just don't get to do it enough. So now I'm trying to just, figure out a way to stop chasing my tail and you know, I'm, I'm working on a course that I might do for the book specifically yeah. where it's like, Hey, if you're making a picture, you can go watch this whole thing and it'll help you take it from scratch. And that might work. I'm just, there's just so much out there coming in and now the virtual training, like everybody wants to learn how to make their pictures virtually. Yeah. And so I thought that That's was be really, really cool. Topic. Yeah. And I thought it'd be really cool. Cause I'm kind of, I make really cool virtual presentations when I do them. And but it's like now I'm kind of like an IT advisor. Most of the time I'm sitting there, I spend a lot of the time talking about cameras and plugins and how do you put this in and get a capture card and blah. blah. Like, it's like I'm, I'm an IT guy now trying to tell people how to make their equipment work. It's hilarious. I spend a lot of time on FaceTime with clients showing them how to plug stuff in. So it, it's just, you know, there's a lot going on. So.
0: Do you feel that any of this, like not saying to you specifically, but with all these funnels going on and everyone's being pitched, Is there a bubble? Is there a fad like that's happening? And what do you think is going to happen? I think it's,
1: it's past the fad. I think it's to the point where the people doing them don't even like, they know because they're looking at their own numbers, but they don't even realize how like infuriating and repulsive it is. Like they're, they're not even cluing into that where it's like, I don't, no one buys into that. And again, the filter of the people that actually get through to the end of the funnel Is so low because it, you know, what it's like. It's like a nightclub. I used to own nightclubs a long, long time ago. Mm -hmm. When you own a nightclub, all the the, the hip, cool people come, and then there's a whole pile of people that can't get in, and you get a certain age, certain crowd. It's fantastic, right? And then those people are always looking for something new. So they're off to the next club. So then you got to let in, you know, less desirable people. And then the really low people come in because they're and your bar keeps lower. And then eventually your club's letting anybody in who shows up and it just like, it's a self-defeating process. Mm -hmm. And This is exactly where we're at in the marketing funnels, which is like you used to be able to get high quality people through now. Yeah. Those people aren't, (laughs) even if they think you're doing that, they're not interested. They see your ad and they see that, headline that promises them anything and they skip right over it because they know it's an ad and they just know it's crap. That's where so I'm at right now. 100%. That, yeah, well, the people that, and the people that fall for it still, and I use yeah. fall for it or enjoy it or go through it or think there's value there. Those are a certain type of people. Yeah. And there's less of them every day, every day because they don't get the value. And like I had to tell a lot of these Instagram entrepreneur guys, it was like, listen, you the people that are that that will go through this and engage with you can't use your information. They aren't going to turn their life around. They aren't going to become big name entrepreneurs. Like that's not what those people do. They don't have the skills and the ability. They're they're going to be the people that sign up for the like the free real estate course and to try to you know buy houses with no money down. It's like well yeah. that's not easy to do. Like you have to be. It doesn't work like that. Or yeah. in multi level marketing where it's like you're trying to sell to people who are never going to go and recruit people to sell. Like. There's only a few people who are willing to do that, and it's just really hard to find those people. I worked with a really large hotel company on their timeshare business. Okay, and it's like it's the same thing. Like people don't buy timeshares like they used to. They used to they would bring them into the office Mm -hmm. or where they were selling them on site or whatever, and sell them. You're not allowed to look it up on the internet. You're not allowed to phone a friend. Like you got to sign right here, right now. And the people that would sign up for the timeshare, they would literally take that piece of paper physically and take it right to customer retention. Because they knew the second those people came, got home, 90% of them tried to cancel within the first three days. So they're already planning that. And I was like, does that seem like a sales model that's sustainable and you, ask, and you wonder why you're paying me all this money mm-hmm. now to come in and try to fix it? Because you've been watching it just. And it's like, timeshares are valuable to the right person. There's no question. They have actual value and they're, and they're worth something to the right person person and the goal is now is to focus your marketing efforts and your sales efforts and your scripts towards establishing that there is value to be there if you're the right person are you the right person because here's the actual value straight up and multi-level marketing is the same thing now too yeah you can't and i've had a few of them and my one of my friends runs a big nutraceutical type one and it's like you can't pitch this to somebody without saying it's multi-level right at the beginning yeah Cause if you go through it and have them go, wait, is this a multi is this like a multi-level marketing one? Is this network marketing? Like you're dead. Cause they're like, oh, you're trying to hide it. So I did a trainer. Like it's basically in your first huh. three sets. Like we do yeah. this. Here's how we do it. We use a network marketing f- format because blank, blank, blank. Here's why this is different. Like you have to be straight up about that.
0: So it's going to be a lot of shifts and changes. Not necessarily things are going away.
1: No, it's just Just people. And I would say shifts and change, but more scrambling and mm -hmm. desperation. And again, I'm not going to use names, but there's a very prominent internet, Instagram sort of marketing guy. And you can see that he's changing what he's selling. Now he's selling day planners or some ridiculous thing. Oh, it's the ultimate planner. It's like, what are you doing? It's because everything else in his business is just on its way down because there just aren't as many people going through it. So now he's... Selling him and he'll do use, and now he'll try another product because his brain is thinking, oh, the product's not working, but I just got to get something else into the funnel. It's like, okay, but the truth is it's the funnel, it doesn't work anymore.
0: Do you think that this brings back more people into the workforce, like the corporate workforce? You think that's a um, possible trend?
1: Yeah. Oh, well, th- listen, there's two options. Yes, you, yeah. you run your business into the ground and you got to figure out something else to do or they have they evolve. I just don't know how easy it is because people are programmed to do this. A lot of those guys are programmed to speak down to people. They are programmed to make huge promises hoping that you'll catch up and then they'll be able to explain it to you. And that's and that basically that is the entire book. Yeah. The entire book is effectively like don't start with the hook of your story because people won't believe you. And then you're pitching against people doubting you from the second you start, right? Like that's that's pretty well the theme which is just get to the facts. Just get to the information. Lay it out as clean and clearly as you possibly can, as quickly as you can. Let people get it and get a foundation of understanding. Yeah. If they get a foundation of understanding, they will start to create the desire for your product, business, or service. That's the way we rationalize things in our own brains. We know that's, that's what we do as humans. We conceptualize, then we contextualize, then we actualize. We do that in those three steps for every decision. Why did you wear the clothes you're wearing today? Why are you going to have what you had for dinner? Are you going to kill your wife tonight? Like those decisions are made from rationalizations. Mm -hmm. And to do that, you build what's called a rationalization story. And that story is built on conceptual. You conceptualize what it is in the first place. What is my thought about this? What is it? Okay, got it. Then you contextualize, which is, okay, how does this work? And what does it mean for me? How does it impact my life? What do I got to do here? And then you actualize, okay, how do I actually get it done? What's my next step? Those are the things that we do to make every decision. So if you build a pitch or presentation or your conversational tone style in that, that mimics that pattern, you will find unbelievably people gravitating towards you. You'll use less words. You'll have to say less. You will come off as more confident. Like all of that is a byproduct. You will just have more success in life because when you're trying to influence somebody, sell them something that is the main issue is that you can't get them to understand and contextualize what it is you want and you try and never, they never quite have the same understanding. That foundational understanding is the most important thing.
0: And the book, as if you're watching the video, you can see right behind you, the three minute rule goes way, way deeper into that. So you can definitely, definitely check it out. Three minute rule.com. Um, and then now kind of, you know, moving a little on with the whole pandemic situation going on. How yeah. has it personally affected you and your life and
1: business? I'm miserable, to be honest, which weird. It's a weird thing for me because it doesn't affect my life all that much. I lost like all my speaking gigs went away, but the, I don't do that as a business. I love it. I'll speak 25 times a year, 30 times a year. It's great fun, but it's not my core business. I take it or leave it and the virtual training and all the other, I, you know, clients and stuff, that's not an issue, but it's more about, now that I'm at home, which I my home office anyways. So my life shouldn't have changed that much. But just the impact of everybody in this mode is like, I find it disconcerting. I don't like on a personal level, I don't like the level of government intervention that there is in this. I find that the language that they use when I'm listening to the governors a little bit disturbing. Mm-hmm. Just cause it's like we'll allow you to do this, we're gonna allow this if we approve you this, if we, and like, and that's just not that's just weird for me coming from Canada, you know, I left that is a very different (laughs) system. Mm -hmm. And there's just something about personal responsibility. And there's things that I'm drawn to. And I find this is just a little creepy. And I don't like the division. You know, I'm a big, like, as an immigrant to this country, I'm kind of a big fan of it. And I don't like it being torn apart by the division. And this is just another one of those things where it's like, people are so divisive about how they feel about it and what the government should be doing. And I was just like, I just don't know that I want the responsibility in government. And I make the joke, I make the joke all the time. This is not house of cards. These people are not the West wing. Okay. These are mediocre people that have been elected to some sort of thing. These are not the people that are the smartest, brightest, most capable in the world. It's just the way government is. So Handing the reins over every decision about your life, the business, the functionality of these people, it's just not, it's just not good business. It's just not smart. You know, and you hear people arguing about the face mask things. It's like, well, they couldn't even figure it out at the beginning. They're saying it doesn't work. They're saying it does work. Like, no, the experts are not the experts. They still don't the know. Experts. They still don't know. So it's like, I get it. Like, it's just frustrating at, at, at times because I just, you know, I'd like people to be a little bit more unified than they are now.
0: I mean, hopefully, like with the previous, I mean, we never had anything like this, but hopefully with like nine on one, people came back united afterwards and they made the country stronger. Yeah. I mean, you you can be hopeful, right?
1: I mean, we can be hopeful. I just don't know that this is the same situation. This is a little different. Yeah. Because it's just, it's just not, this is just not normal.
0: Have you had to uh, make any really hard business decisions like laying anybody off? No, Anything like that. No,
1: my, my stuff's pretty basic. I, you know, my, my team is still in the midst of everything, um, which is good. Uh, I, I like, but even the little things, like the people that work for me in, in the house and stuff like that, I still keep them. And,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, so yeah. And I just think it's hard for people. Like someone said, we're all in the same storm. We're not in the same boat. And that's a fair thing, you know, cause I have a lot of people in the entertainment industry, um, that really are so out of touch with the way the real world is out there and the things that they'll post <laughs> just are so tone deaf. Cause it's like, well, you walk to Whole Foods and your fridge is stocked with whatever you want. It's like, so you have the luxury of staying home and doing nothing and relaxing and taking some sabbaticals. Like I get it, but the impact on the economy and what real people are going through in the real other areas of the country is pretty devastating and very difficult. And I see a lot of it cause I have a lot of like, I have a lot of followers and a lot of clients. And so I, I can hear and see and sense the stuff they're going through and it's kind of scary.
0: And what are you telling those people, especially the ones that had to make the layoffs or, or, or got laid off?
1: I mean, I try not to tell them anything because nobody wants to hear what I think. That's the way I think, you know, my friends we yeah. will argue and bitch and complain, but for the most part, it's just kind of like you've seen the facts You've looked at the situation, you watch whatever news you you watch, you've formed your opinion, like you don't need mine to influence you because you've already made your opinion. Like, you know, you know, as much as I do about everything about this pandemic. So if you want, if you think it's this, or you think it's that, and like, I'm not going to be able to change your mind. You do, you do you, you do you. Well,
0: there are those certain individuals though. For example, I have some few close friends that were in the fitness industry in the Apartments, you know, rental, realtors, like somebody's are not getting their jobs back anytime soon. And they're stuck with like, what should they do next? This is all I've done my whole life.
1: I I have, there's a group that I help train, which is literally a professional speakers group. And the entire business is gone. Every single convention, every single keynote, everything is wiped off the map. And so now what? like literally yeah now what so that industry's gone how about the concert industry like every single musician that you know is out they're not playing which means every roadie every guy who sets up chairs every vendor like all of those guys are are done and that's just a weird thing to experience you know my my friend is the president of the san francisco 49ers and when you see like what it's like at the stadium right now and and the bookings and trying to figure out what to do with football. it's just like, it's not just them. Like there's an entire ecosystem of the people that have livelihoods around those events. And those aren't coming back soon. It looks like for whatever reason. I mean, it's just a very strange world. It's a very strange world from that perspective. Hard, hard to watch it happen.
0: Do you think, uh, Somebody's individual should start actually looking elsewhere, picking up new hobbies, learn new things right now? Oh,
1: man, hope? I don't know. That's a great question.
0: Yeah. It's, it's been a couple of months now, almost, right? It's
1: yeah. The, I guess the question is, is like, here's the thing. In, in the real world, here's a perfect example. Yeah. The stock market takes an absolute shift, right? I know that. I know it's coming back. I know it. I can just feel it. But I don't unload everything and I don't spend all my money buying up stocks because there's that layer of fear that just Mm -hmm. felt like it just could go away. And I knew it wasn't going to, and I could have made a fortune. It's just sitting there. Like stocks that aren't affected by coronavirus are down 40%. You know they're coming back and they're all back. I missed it. And I feel it's the same thing because there's no way people are not going to NFL games. There's no way. It is happening. There is no chance that we are going to change our society away from this. It's not going to happen. It is coming back. By this time this next year, this will be a footnote. That is just a fact. I just can't get myself to believe it yet or act on it, right? Like, well, like, would I would I buy a whole bunch more season tickets for the 49ers <laughs> knowing that they're going to come back because I can get them cheap? Like, no, because I'm too wimpy to make that call. Okay. And that's the same thing. Like, do you think you should bail on the fact that you've been a music roadie for however long, because there's never going to be any concerts again. Like, no, of course not. Cause they're going to be concerts again. And you can already sense the people are just like, I'm done with this, you know? So I don't know. We'll see. Okay. That's, you do, that's a tough call.
0: So probably do something else in the meantime to get by, but hopefully good things yeah. come back.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it'll come back. It has to, cause that's the way life is. And there's a couple of things that are truth about our society that people Mm -hmm. just don't seem to want to accept. One is we don't care about people dying. We don't. So people are like, oh my God, people are dying. We got to protect those people. It's like you are saying that because it makes you feel good on social media. The truth is you don't give a crap because 10 million people die of starvation every year. Nobody says anything more than a million people die of malaria. You don't care. People die of obesity, people have car accidents, people drunk driving, people have opiate addiction. All these people die all over the place, innocent yep. people. And you don't post about that shit and because you just don't really actually care. That's fine. That is the way our society is. It's an individual-based society. It's work great. It's a wonderful thing. You have a, you have a computer in your pocket because Apple makes, like, the world is great. Like, it's convenient. It's mm-hmm. safe. It's amazing. But that individual nature it has some drawbacks, and to pretend that we are like really trying to protect people from dying of coronavirus, and we actually give a crap is fine, I guess. But that is going to wear thin because it's just not true. People just don't care, and hey. they this will be one of those things that they just swipe sweep under the rug next time. And even if even if a hundred thousand people die a year from coronavirus every single year, they'll we'll go back to normal in society because we'll just accept it because we just accept. Weird crap about the way life is.
0: Old hard truth. But uh, that is definitely a great way to uh, end the first segment of the show. And right now we're going to move on to our listeners' favorite segment of the show where we're going to learn just a little bit more about Brant, about Brant Penvidic. Be sure to check him out at 3minuterule.com and BrantPenvidic.com. But for this part of the show, Miro is taken out. Peace. I will be seeing you later. Welcome to the round with no name, because they're all taken. It is evil twin, Miko, is here. So I hope you are ready. You get five seconds to initiate, to to answer these questions. We just want to learn a little bit more about you. Rock on. That's it. You you don't want to have to deal with Miko later, so. No, I'm in. We we want to get through this section quick. I drive it. What is your favorite book?
1: The Three-Minute Rule by Bram Pivittic
0: or not your, not your
1: or own. pitch anything by Oren Claff.
0: There we go. Your favorite movie.
1: Braveheart. What do you mean? Who who's isn't that the favorite movie? What the hell is wrong with you?
0: That's actually the first time that we've heard that answer. Well, then you got a
1: strange audience. That's because really that's the best movie ever made.
0: But anyways, carry on. If you're going to be stranded on an island and just in case you are, we're preparing you right here right now, so think okay. so you're welcome. What is the one item you want with you? Can't be a person. A boat. get off
1: the island come on now
0: surprisingly i think you're like only the second person to say that oh jeez. usually it's satellite radio it's usually an iphone or like an audiobook satellite phone work
1: well too that's
0: not bad (laughs) who is or has been your greatest mentor
1: probably my dad uh big but i think in the entertainment world is a guy named Stephen j cannell who was a writer um one of the great writers of all time and he's just one of the greatest people I've ever known and sort of the balance of great creativity but really good person was something I tried to emulate.
0: iPhone or Android? iPhone. Straight up. If I gave you $100 today and you had to give me $200 same time tomorrow, how would you do it?
1: Oh man, that is such a great question because we've been talking about that. I would just go to... (laughs) Bro, we just go to the bank, pull out another hundred dollars, and then give it back to you and be like, You can't believe how smart I am. I can't tell you how I do it, but that's just how smart I am. So at least you'd think I was smart because I have no idea right now. Honestly. We talk about that all the time with my friends. Hey, if you have cash, you cash, what can you do right now to make money? Yeah. We're like, I don't know. So
0: maybe walk around the streets and try to sell your book.
1: I'm I sure mean,
0: 24 hours you can.
1: But I don't need a hundred dollars uh, for that. I'll buy my book and then yeah. resell it. Like it's just those. That's a tough it's a that's a tough question man there's not an easy way right now you know
0: what if you had an unlimited amount of money and you could start up any business you wanted right now not your own what would that be
1: um i think i would still stay in real estate i do a lot of real estate stuff and real estate has just been the solid investment strategy and the best way to create wealth ever and never goes away and there, i i did a show with a guy who owned really high end nightclubs in new york and he's like, Yeah, you know, every time I can see the waves, here's all the professional athletes. When they're big contracts, they're here at these nightclubs buying bottles. When Wall Street's up, these guys are in here with celebrities and models. But the guys who are here every year, year after year, never go away are the real estate guys.
0: What was funner to make and pitch? Bar rescue or biggest loser?
1: Uh bar rescue by a mile, because I was really involved in bar rescue. Biggest losers is millions of people. I didn't have a lot to do with it. It was already moving by the time I got to the company. So it's great. looks good on the resume. Everybody loves it. So I'll use that as much as I can. <laughs> and now yeah. it's at the point where it comes up so much. If someone says he's the guy who created the biggest loser, I'm like, I don't even bother correcting him anymore. There's just, it's too many times out there, but I didn't create the show. I just ran the company that did it.
0: Awesome. Well, now, now we know. <laughs> How do you drink your coffee?
1: I don't drink coffee.
0: Ooh. I'd be crazy. Curveball.
1: Crazy on coffee. Yeah, that's right. No
0: coffee. Tea? Any sort of caffeine?
1: Nope. Don't need it. And I'd be bouncing off the walls.
0: Have you just always been like, like allergic to it or you just- No, I just- Since-
1: I'm just a pretty high energy guy and I just sort of developed that system. And so I don't, I don't like having any of that stuff. I don't drink a lot. I don't even drink- so I don't really drink soda. I just kind of like pretty straight
0: dude. Is there one thing though every single day that you will consume no matter what? Can't go a day
1: without it? Yeah, probably Facebook and Instagram now. So it's ruining my life. I'd rather get into coffee. <laughs> what if? What if it's like something you actually eat or drink? No, I'm pretty balanced about that stuff.
0: All right, because like one person, they ate Chipotle every single day.
1: And yeah, that's so, crazy talk. Yeah, I well, mean, it used to be McDonald's when I was a kid, but I'm good now. I could have I've recovered. I've recovered. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> you must have been the one in the movie, um, but you survived. Miko is out. Peace. Awesome. Oh, Miro is back. Thank you so much
1: for uh, surviving with Miko.
0: He's all good. He's a, all good. He's, a, he's, a, he's a tough cookie, but um, it's been a pleasure having you on, Brent. Hey, man. Be Anytime. sure to check him out at 3minuterule.com. Um, last but not least, the mic is yours. If there's anything else you want to share with the listeners, especially the ones sitting in the cubicles right now, maybe they're in their, at their houses, but
1: wherever they're sitting and they're just miserable, what would you tell them? I would say simple is the new sexy. The more words you use, the less confident you will appear. So really important to focus on information and not anything else. You don't need sales tactics. You don't need neuro-linguistic programming. You don't need any of that. You just need good information.
0: I love it. Mic drop. There it is, buddy. Looking forward to seeing uh, where you're going to be next year and looking forward to connecting again. Thank you. For yeah, yeah, on. yeah. Carry on, brother.
1: That is all for this episode of Bossed to Boss. Your next step is to visit to boss.com, where you will find proven techniques followed by professionals to help you make that next step. Again, that is Boss, the number two boss.com. And remember, the time is now.